morning and welcome to Ruunga Seventh-day Adventist Church. Today's sermon is taken by our senior pastor, Lloyd Grolleman. We hope you enjoy today's message. Again, I want to welcome you to church this morning. Know that God will be with us as we look at this wonderful subject. I also want to again welcome those on television. You are very important to us. In a sense, you're a part of our church family. And we're glad that you've joined us this morning as we look at the topic of heaven. This is not a topic that we look at a lot. Perhaps it's not a topic we look at enough. But today we're going to have a little look at what the Bible has to say about heaven. What is in store for those who love Jesus? Let's pray. God, this morning again we plead for your presence. Your presence in the church. Your presence in our lives. May this meeting, Lord, draw us closer to you. And as we look at heaven... May this program, may this Bible study give us a desire to be there. We know you're offering it to us and we want to take that opportunity to say, yes, Lord, this morning we want to be there. So thank you, God, for honouring us with your presence today, we pray in the name of Jesus, your Son and our God. Amen. Just a little while ago, I had, it was the joy, really, the privilege of, of going on a trip with my family and some friends of ours we live in Sydney. They actually happen to live in Auckland, New Zealand. And what we did is we arranged this trip. They flew off from Auckland. We flew off from Sydney and we met in Los Angeles and we went for our family's Disneyland trip. Well, we had a good time. Very expensive time, but a good time. My kids loved it. And it was really interesting for me to watch my two children. I have a nine-year-old daughter and I have a six-year-old daughter. And I found it very interesting. In fact, I enjoyed it. Perhaps I enjoyed this as much as the trip itself. What I enjoyed watching was the countdown to the trip. My little one especially, the six-year-old, you know, she's still getting a feeling of what time is. And every day for the last ten weeks, I'm sure it was every day, she'd come to me and she'd say, Dad, how long till we go to Disneyland? And I'd count on my fingers and I'd say, 76 days. The very next day, sometimes she never even waited that long, she'd be back, Dad, how long till we go to Disneyland? And I'm telling you that I counted down the last 10, maybe the last 15 weeks as we got closer and closer to this trip. There was anticipation. There was joy. There was longing. And I want to tell you, on the day that we drove out to the airport, both my girls were jumping up and down with excitement. It, is some, it was something they had longed for and it was coming to be. They were going to Disneyland. It seems to me that as I watched my little girls in the countdown to their trip to Disneyland, what I saw is perhaps what God is looking for in his people who love him. You know, Jesus is coming soon. There's no doubt about that. The signs, and if you doubt that, you need to go to your Bible. Go to the Bible, the greatest book on earth ever written, and read Matthew 24. Read Matthew 24 and look at the signs that tell us that Jesus is almost here, that the world is about to end. This world will not continue. And when the world ends, something very special is going to happen. Jesus will come. Perhaps Jesus is looking from us for the same joy that my little girls had as they waited to go to Disneyland. And I wonder this morning as you sit in the church, 
I wonder for those of you who are watching this on television and know Jesus, I wonder if there is an expectant joy in your heart for the return of Jesus and for heaven. Have a look at Titus, Titus chapter 2 and verse 13. Titus chapter 2 and verse 13. And it's interesting what the Bible says here. Titus 2 verse 13, this is Paul the Apostle. And he's talking to us, 2008. We should be looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Saviour, Jesus Christ. I want to tell you that the day is coming when Jesus will come. It will be an earth-shattering day. It will be the greatest day outside the cross in the history of mankind. And if you are alive when Jesus comes, and I believe most of you will be, make no mistake, this is an event that you cannot miss. And I want to share with you what happens just as Jesus comes, and then I want to share with you from the Bible where we go and what it will be like. If you turn with me in your Bibles to 1 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 16. Here we have one of the most powerful passages of Scripture describing the second coming of Jesus Christ. For the Lord, and this is talking about the second coming, look at what the Bible says. For the Lord, for the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God. When Jesus comes back, the Bible then says, and the dead who died in Christ will rise first. I'm interested in that. The Bible says the dead who died loving Jesus will be the first to hear his voice and they'll rise up from the ground alive. So it seems to me as I read the Bible there very clearly, it's saying, hey, when you die, you don't go to heaven. In fact, I'm not doing a Bible study on heaven. You've just got to go and have a look at Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse 6 and 7. Go and read the Psalms. Go and read what Jesus has to say about death. Death is asleep when you die. You don't go to heaven. You don't go to hell. You don't go to purgatory. It's not what the Bible says anyway. You want to believe that, that's fine. But you better come to realize and recognize it's not what the Bible says. The Bible says that when you die, you go to sleep. Very clearly. Very, very clearly. And when you go to sleep, there'll come a day when Jesus will come. And if you love him and you died loving Jesus... If you died with him in your heart, when Jesus comes, then you'll rise up. Look what the Bible says. Then the dead, the very first thing Jesus does, there's noise. The sky is splitting apart. Matthew 24, 30, 31, there's angels from one end of the heavens to the other. This is a cataclysmic, the climax of history. It's the end of the world. Jesus has come. Life will not continue as it has been. Jesus has come and he raises the dead up first. Now, if you've lost someone in death, and most of us have, I have. I know what it's like to be at a funeral and to feel the darkness and to weep for people you love. It hurts. There's going to be a reunion. A reunion day. I can't wait for it. There'll be a resurrection at the second coming of Jesus Christ. And the dead who love Jesus will be risen. I will meet my grandmother. I will meet my friends who died. I will meet my family who died. I will meet those loved ones. They will be resurrected. Look what the Bible says then, and this is very interesting. Verse 17. After that, we who are alive, that's going to be most of you. You will be alive, I believe, when Jesus comes. After that, we who are alive and left 
will be caught up together. Listen, we don't stay on earth. After that, we who are alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, says Paul, encourage one another with these words. At the second coming of Jesus is a resurrection of the dead. And then we who love the Lord, who are alive together with the resurrected dead, we rise up off the earth and we meet the Lord Jesus in the air. Can't wait. What happens? What happens after we... Can you imagine what it will be like standing on the earth, seeing the sky split open? Again, read Matthew 24. 30, 31. Read 1 Corinthians 15, 51 to 54. Read Revelation chapter 6, verse 14 to 17. Read Je- Jeremiah chapter 25, almost the entire chapter. These are vivid descriptions of the coming of Jesus. Read Revelation chapter 1, verse 7. It says when Jesus comes, every eye will see him. This is not a hidden event like some are teaching. This is a real, open, easy to see, climactic, in- incredible event. Jesus has returned. Imagine if you love the Lord Jesus Christ, if you've invited him into your heart. Buildings are falling down. There's a great earthquake across the earth. Oh, it's vivid. The Bible's vivid. And what it'll be like when Jesus comes. There's angels in the sky from one end to the other. And there's Jesus coming back as a king. He's not coming this time. He's not coming as a servant. He's not coming to die. He's becoming as a warrior king to save his people. And you imagine if you're one of his people. And you're standing there on the earth and your hands are in the air because you can see Jesus. And then your angel comes and you start to rise up off the ground to meet the Lord in the air. What an experience. And it's an experience that Jesus offers every single one of us. But people say, okay, we meet the Lord in the air. What happens then? Well, you know what? The adventure with Jesus has just begun. John chapter 14, one of the most famous, famous passages in all of Scripture. I learnt this passage as a small boy. I really don't even need to read it from the Scripture. I've I've known it for so many years. John chapter 14, verse 1 to 3. Do not, do not, says Jesus, let your heart be troubled. Trust in God, says Jesus. You can trust also in me. Then he says, in my father's house, and I like the new King James, the King James version here, in my father's house are many mansions. Oh, yes, there is. Up in heaven, where we are headed, there's a mansion. He says, in my father's house are many mansions built for you. If it were not so, Jesus says, I would not have told you. Now, look what he says to his disciples as he's about to go back to heaven On his first appearance, this is 2,000 years ago he said this to his disciples. He said, in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. Then listen to what he says. He says, I go to prepare a place for you. Whoa. Wow. I go to prepare, said Jesus, a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again. And receive you unto myself, that where I am, where is he now? He's in heaven. There you may also be. Think of it. If Jesus is coming soon. Now, 2,000 years ago, he says, I go, he says to his disciples, they're on the Mount of Olives. He's about to rise up in the end and go back to heaven. He says, I go 
to prepare a place for you. I'm going to build you a mansion, he said. He said, when I built that mansion, then I'm going to come back and get you. And I'm going to take you off this earth. Doesn't matter if you die. Don't worry. I have the keys to death. I will raise you up. But if you're alive, praise God. So whether you're dead or alive, you love Jesus, that's what matters. You're okay. Well, it's a wonderful thing. I've seen people die without Jesus. I've seen people die with Jesus. I know how I'm going to die. I am through the grace of God. If it comes to it, if he doesn't return in my lifetime, and I think he will, I'm going to die in the grace and the security of Jesus. He says, it doesn't matter. I'm coming back then to get you, and I'm going to take you off this earth, and I'm going to take you back to heaven. Now, think about it. That was said 2,000 years ago when he was on earth with his disciples. He went back to heaven. If Jesus is coming soon, like I believe, then there's every chance for those of you who have accepted him into your hearts, there is every single chance that in heaven right now, there is a mansion built with your name on it. It's sitting there and it's waiting for you right now. What a beautiful thought. And when you get there, you know what? I've got a mortgage. Seventh-day Adventist pastors are adequately paid, but by no stretch of the imagination are we overpaid. I've got a mortgage. I know what it's like to struggle here in Sydney. You imagine getting to heaven. And there's a mansion beyond the most beautiful mansion that has ever been seen on this earth. It will take your, it will take your breath away when you see it. Built by the hands of Jesus Christ for you. And Jesus says, hey, this is yours. I give it to you. It is free. It's paid for. It belongs to you. And you can keep it for eternity. Whoa. Can't wait. Well, let's find out what the Bible has to say a little more about heaven itself. We know there's a mansion there. Well, good. I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to taking ownership of that and uh, looking forward to living in it. But let's see what the, Bible, what the Bible has to further say about heaven. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. Let's, let's find out a little bit more about this place that God's going to take us to. And you know what? God doesn't tell us much really in the Bible about heaven. We're not told all that much, but what we, what we are told we can kind of get a hold of and build a bit of a picture. 1 Corinthians 2 verse 9 says, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. What God has prepared for you in heaven, as vivid as your imagination is, you cannot begin to imagine. Unbelievable heaven. Beyond what you can comprehend. Think of your wildest fantasy. Think of what you enjoy more than anything. Think of the most beautiful place you've been on earth. It's not a patch on heaven, not even close. The Bible says, no eye has seen, no ear has heard. You cannot imagine how good heaven will be. And to think that we risk it, we risk it by not allowing Jesus into our hearts and lives here. By the way, if you invite Jesus into your life here on earth, you can begin to live heaven right now. You know, just to have Jesus with you is heaven in itself. But to go to the physical heaven certainly will be something. Go to, go to the prophet Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 11, he has something to say about heaven. Look at his description. He's taken in vision and he's taken to heaven and this is what he sees. Isaiah chapter 11, verse 6. He says, the wolf will live with the lamb, the leopard, the leopard, the leopard will lie down with the goat, the calf and the lion and the yearling together, and a little child will lead them. 
Now, that's not the planet we live on. The wolf living with the lamb. On this planet, wolves eat lambs. In heaven, apparently, wolves live with lambs. This is a place of peace. The leopard will lie down with the goat. I was in Africa a few years ago. I was over there doing a mission. I happened to know that the leopard is one of the fiercest, most dangerous animals on the continent of Africa. In fact, a few months after I had left Africa, it was interesting while we were there. We went on a tour through Kruger National Park. We went on a night tour. Oh, it was a little bit scary. You, you sit in an open, in an open back truck. Uh, the truck driver and his friend sits in the front. They actually have rifles in the cab and when they get out slung over their shoulders and they take you on this tour and then and then they'll stop and they'll give you a cup of coffee or, or, or whatever. I don't drink that stuff, but they'll, they'll give you a hot drink and then they'll, and you get out of the truck in the middle of Kruger National Park and, and you can kind of hear noises. And I was a little bit sensitive about getting out of the truck, standing on the ground, drinking a hot drink. And so you know what I did? I stayed in the truck. You know what I found out later? A couple of months, the same guy, we got to know this tour guide and he, he, he became a bit of a friend with, with, with the youth group and myself that were over there. And uh, a couple of months later, he was on the same tour, night tour that we went on. And they'd got out of the truck and they'd shone the big torchlight on where they were going to have their hot drinks and they'd had their hot drinks and everybody got back into the back of the truck and this tour guide with his rifle slung over his shoulder had, had walked around the front of the truck and there was a... Just like that, a... And the people, what, what happened? Now, a leopard had been waiting. And unfortunately, he got this man. And the park rangers say that he was dead before he hit the ground. And in front of those people, that leopard ate that man. It was a very, very traumatic experience for those who were there. Fortunately, we'd been gone home for three or four months. And that man, who was a very nice young man, lost his life to this very fierce, fierce leopard. They are a vicious creature. And yet the Bible says in heaven that's not what it's like at all. He says the leopard will lie down with the goat, the calf and the lion. I saw a lioness pull down a zebra. In fact, we drove up in our hire car right up to the kill. And you know, this lioness, she turned around and she had these yellow eyes and these black slits and she stared. I was driving the car. She stared straight in the window at me and I knew, I knew that if I'd got out of that car, I would have been desert. And I looked at the the, the zebra, the old zebra, obviously, that she'd pulled down by herself, that was dead. And I looked at myself and I thought to myself, yep, I would not be a bad dessert for her either. She'd get a good feed out of me. Lions, leopards, they're dangerous. They kill down here, but not in heaven. The cow will feed with the bear. Verse 7, their young will lie down together and the lion will eat straw like an ox. Verse 8, the infant will play near the hole of the cobra. And the young child put his hand into the viper's nest. And verse 9 says, They will neither harm nor destroy on all my holy mountain, for the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Heaven is a place where there is no pain, where there is no death, where there is eternal safety. It's the sort of place you want to live in. Let me share just in the last few moments we have a couple of more things. Let me share with you a couple more things what the Bible has to say about heaven. You can go, look, look at these chapters I'm reading to you this morning. Get a Bible. If you haven't got a Bible, if you're watching this on TV and you haven't got a Bible and you'd like a free one, contact us, we'll get you one. Open to the chapters we've been reading today and, and go through them. 
and get a bigger picture. We've only got a, a limited time here of what heaven is like. Revelation 21 verse 1, John the apostle, another a disciple of Jesus, another prophet of the Lord, taken in vision, and I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the earth, first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. John saw a new heaven, this is where we're headed, and eventually there will be a new earth. Well, it's an interesting story. It's another one. Verse 3, we'll look at that later. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Now the dwelling of God is with men, and he will live with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. Verse 4, He will wipe away all tears from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. At the moment, we're a rebellious planet. But when Jesus comes again and we go back to heaven with him, the Bible says God will live with us. We will be his people. He will be our God. We will live in the new Jerusalem, the capital of the universe. Verse 16, I wish I had more time. The city was laid out like a square. This is the new Jerusalem where your mansion is. As long as it was wide. And he measured the city with a rod and found it to be 12,000 stadia in length. It was as wide as it was high as it was long. Look at this, 12,000 stadia. That's Sydney, more or less, to Melbourne, long. The city is Sydney to Melbourne, wide. Now, here's a bit that will blow you away. The city is Sydney to Melbourne, high. It's as long as it is wide as it was high. Verse 22, incredible, incredible city. And 23, I did not see a temple in the city because the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. The city does not need the sun or moon to shine in it for the glory of God gives it light and the Lamb is its lamp. No sun. The glory of God is the light of this beautiful city. On no day will its gates ever be shut for there will be no night there. There's no danger. There's no enemy. The gates are open all the time. And 22 verse 4, and I'm going to close with this. I think perhaps this is the most important of all. We will see his face and his name will be on our foreheads. His name will be in our minds and our hearts. Perhaps of all the good things, uh, and we run out of time, of all the space travel in heaven going from one planet to another that God has created, read Job 1, there's other planets other than ours out there, unfallen planets, exploring the universe of all the wonders of heaven, the mansion, the animals that don't harm or hurt, that are tame. The greatest wonder will be to see Jesus, to see his face and to be with him forever. And if you want it, all you've got to do is ask him into your heart. He will come, he will come, he will come into your heart and eventually he will come and save you. I pray that will be your experience this morning. Lord Jesus, we want to go to heaven. Help us to be ready for that day, I pray, with you in our hearts, so that we can live forevermore with you in your name. Amen. Stay tuned to this channel next week, 6.30, because I'm going to share with you how to get to heaven. We looked at heaven today. Next week, I'm going to show you from the Bible how to get to heaven. God bless.